0: Hey guys, and good morning. This is Jen with the Bible Explained Podcast. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We're going to be talking about idolatry again today. So let's take our Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 through 7. Also, tell me how you guys liked Monday's episode, because I'm kind of curious. How would you guys feel about me basically monologuing about one verse for the entire episode? (laughs) For me, it was kind of refreshing, honestly. It was kind of nice to just focus on one topic And just to talk about one thing, if you guys missed the episode, you can go back and listen to that. That was Monday's episode, Deuteronomy 17, verse one. But now we're going to move into the rest of Deuteronomy 17 today and talk about two through seven. So grab your Bible out of the version you like. I'll be reading out of the World English Bible, of course, and also grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's go ahead and read today's scripture, Deuteronomy 17, two through seven. If there is found among you, within any of your gates which Yahweh your God gives you, a man or a woman, who does that which is evil in Yahweh your God's sight, in transgressing his covenant, and he has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, or the sun or the moon, or any of the stars of the sky, which I have not commanded, and you are told and you have heard of it, then you shall inquire diligently. Behold, if it is true, and the thing certain, that such an abomination is done in Israel, then you shall bring that man out or that woman who has done this evil thing to your gates, even that same man or woman, and you shall stone them to death with stones. At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, he who is to die shall be put to death. At the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. The hands of the witnesses shall be the first on him to put him to death and afterward, the hands of all the people. So you shall remove the evil from among you. So this is the whole idea of purging out the evil, I suppose. Now, of course, you and I don't live under this command anymore. We do not stone people. And that is quite clear, actually, in the New Testament. It is very different the way we purge out evil, I suppose, nowadays. Rather, we purge it out of our own selves. Back in these days, the Israelites were God's people. They were kind of a picture, I suppose, like the Israelite nation of what we are nowadays like we christians are god's temple we house the holy spirit the the holy spirit comes and lives inside of us when we become christians similarly to back in these days with the old testament the israelite nation housed the holy spirit and god's spirit lived there and dwelt within the middle of the israelite nation and because god's spirit was there there couldn't be any kind of this uh, this wickedness inside the nation. Just as the same as you and I nowadays, we can't house the Holy Spirit while also purposefully sinning, while purposefully worshiping something else. I mean, even Jesus himself says, you cannot worship God and also money. We're actually going to talk about that in a moment, how the worship of money is actually kind of linked to all of this, uh, to linked to idolatry, actually. So, the, the fact of the matter is we cannot worship God and worship something else also. That just doesn't work. Same with the Israelite people. They couldn't worship God while also worshiping the stars and the moon and the sun and whatever else they were worshiping because all those things were made up the Israelites would like make up their own idols to worship and be like, oh, I'm going to worship this, uh, this God of sex because I want to have sex with that person over there. Oh, I'm going to worship the God of the sun because I want the sun to shine down on my crops. And I'm going to have, you know, great crops this year. I'm going to worship the God of the earth because I want the earth to give me good things this year out of the abundance of it. Like that's what these people would do. So they would, they would start worshiping elements of, creation that God had created instead of the ultimate creator who created everything. And now, of course, since God lived there in the middle, now, of course, since God lived there in the middle of the Israelite people, they couldn't worship God and also worship some sort of creation that God had made. It just, it wouldn't work. So God is telling his people that they need to purge out this type of idolatry. And so he, he says here in verse one, if there is found among you, whether it's a man or a woman, who is transgressing his covenant. That means not keeping the covenant that he or she made. And that's also an important point to note, is that the Israelite people promised to worship God and worship God only. They promised it. They said, yes, God, we are going to worship you. So if they start worshiping something else, they're totally breaking a promise that they made to God. So that's another element of it, though I don't think that that's the main element that God is angry about. I think he's angry because He doesn't want his people to go and worship other things because, A, it's bad for them because then they're not worshiping like the creator. But also it's because God is jealous for his people the same way that a husband and a wife are jealous for each other, I suppose. Like, I don't want my husband going out and cheating on me. I I don't want that at all. I would be infuriated, beyond infuriated, if I found out that my husband was cheating on me. And same with, with me and him. If he found out I was cheating on him, he would have a huge problem. Not to mention he, <laughs> I don't know if I should mention this, not to mention that he went through that already with his ex. His ex cheated on him. He, he was with her for almost five years and uh, she was sleeping with another guy for however long. It's painful. It's painful. My husband went through so much pain after that until he found me, of course, then. <laughs> and hopefully all that was erased. But anyway, it's kind of the same idea. You know, these were God's people and God doesn't want his people in a sense cheating on him, right? He doesn't want that. And God was never going to cheat on his people. He wasn't going to abandon them. He wasn't going to leave them. The only time he was going to take his hand away from them is if they broke their covenant. And that would be bad for them because we see when God takes his hand away from something, Bad things start happening because God's blessing is no longer on that group of people. So just altogether, it's a bad idea for for people to start worshiping something other than God. It's bad for themselves. It's bad for other people. And honestly, it hurts God. It's bad for God, too. He doesn't want that. He loves everybody. He wants everybody to be close to him. And if these people, these Israelites made a covenant, made a promise to God And they need need to keep it. So God says if there is found a man or a woman, doesn't matter the gender, God does not care about that. That is not something that God is going to acknowledge because we're all created in his image. God doesn't care more about women and he doesn't care more about what men. He loves us all equally. And so God says whether or not it's a man or a woman, if somebody is doing evil in God's sight by having idolatry by worshiping other gods and serving them, the sun, the moon, the stars of the sky, which I have not commanded. And you hear of it. And who he's talking to here is, I believe, the judges. He's talking to the people who were supposed to judge Israel and uh, help them go in the right path, basically. So he's talking to the judges. He says, if you judges hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently. So that's another aspect of all of this that I think people like to to forget, especially when they're like, oh, God is so mean. You kind of forget that God's, God doesn't just like s- tell somebody to stone somebody without any kind of inquiry or or trial, because if he did, people would be stoning each other left and right. He says, the judges need to make inquiry diligently. They need to inquire diligently. So they shouldn't just go take this person who this rumor was spread about and stone them publicly because that is not biblical. That is actually very wrong. And uh, that's stated many times in scripture that's wrong. There needs to be an active, diligent inquiry that happens. And God says, behold, if it is true and the thing is certain, there's that word, it has to be absolutely certain that such an abomination is done in Israel, then you're going to bring that man or woman who has done this evil thing to your gates, that same man or woman that transgressed his covenant or broke his promise and started worshiping other gods, and you shall stone them to death with stones. And now it talks about these two witnesses. There had to be two witnesses according to the law if a person was to receive the death penalty. Always, in every single case, there had to be two witnesses and there had to be an inquiry that was done. So yeah, this isn't just the Wild West. There was steps that were were taken before the death penalty was done. Just as similarly, it's done here in America where somebody is given a fair trial with lawyers and everything else before they receive the death penalty. And it has to be absolutely certain Here in America, that that person should receive the death penalty. There needs to be a lot of witnesses that come forward. There need to be uh, lots of research that is done on this person. I mean, it's a long and in-depth process for somebody to go through the death penalty, just as it was here in the times of Israel. Maybe not as long and in-depth as in America, though. (laughs) In America, it's like ridiculously long before people receive justice sometimes. But that's beside the point. But anyway, it says at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, he who is to die shall be put to death. So there needed always to be two or three witnesses that all had the same exact story, as well as this deep inquiry that was made on this individual. At that point, if the judge found out that this person was definitely guilty, That was when they would be taken to the gates of the city and be stoned to death with stones. And not only on top of that, the witnesses were the ones that would have to throw the first stone. This was God putting something kind of interesting in place where the witness kind of held that other person's life in his hands. This would drastically reduce the number of false witnesses that come forward. Because imagine having to cast the first stone at somebody, like having to start the, the death process yourself. I, you would not want to do that if you were a false witness, right? If you were just spreading rumors about this person, you wouldn't want to do that. Because imagine, imagine what would happen at that point. You would feel guilty for the rest of your life, not to mention you could potentially be put to death if you were found out to be a false witness after however many years, there were huge penalties for false witnesses also. In fact, it was also the death penalty because false witnesses had somebody else's life in their hands. So there were a ton of measures God put in place so that the death penalty did not happen very often, honestly. And we will see in Israeli history that the death penalty does not happen very often. It's very rare that the death penalty happens. And in fact, uh, (laughs) there are certain circumstances where the Israelites honestly should have done the death penalty more often than they did. And we're going to we're going to talk about some of those stories later on. There's some crazy, weird stories in the books, uh, the book of Judges. But the fact of the matter was, though, God was punishing the people, but putting measures in place to protect the innocent through all of this. So God isn't just this mean guy that, you know, is like stone everybody. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. But the one thing I really want to talk about today is actually Colossians 3 verse 5. And this is how I'm going to bring all of this forward to modern day idolatry. Colossians 3 verse 5 in the NIV version says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. This is really interesting. This correlates actually to everything we just talked about in Deuteronomy. Put to death, therefore, so basically within yourself, put to death idolatry. And then the author of Colossians, who is Paul, goes on to explain what these idolatry things are. Sexual immorality impurity lust and evil desires and greed which actually makes a lot of sense to me because even in old testament times i would guess part of the reasons why people would start worshiping other gods was because of greed like i said before they would worship the god of sex because they wanted to have sex they were having lustful desires they were having greed towards something they'd start worshiping god of the earth because they wanted more crops or more money or whatever else It was all due to greed. So even though you and I don't live under Old Testament standards anymore, and we don't put people to death, instead, we're supposed to look at things like Deuteronomy, where it says put to death, basically idolatry, like purge the evil. Instead, we're supposed to look at that and and apply that to ourselves. Purge the evil, get rid of the idolatry. And Colossians explains what idolatry is. America, we in America, we don't really bow down and worship the sun God anymore. We don't really do that in Western culture. I'm sure there are people that do do that, actually. But (laughs) the majority of people don't do that. But there is definitely an idolatry pandemic that is going through Western culture right now. And it is everything mentioned here in Colossians 3, verse 5, sexual immorality. I mean, that's left and right. That's everywhere, sexual immorality. We see so many people that are, you know, going on their TikTok platforms that are just like, sexual immorality is so good. If you want to sleep with five guys, I literally just watched something about this, actually. If you want to sleep with five guys a night, you should be allowed to do that because that is good. That is what people should be allowed to do. But that's sexual immorality. Like that's immoral sexually. So that is a form of idolatry, sexual immorality. And we do see that with movements like LGBTQ and any other, honestly, sexual movement that's going on right there, the people who are a part of these movements worship them. They really do. They worship them. It's like like their religion. They get so angry at other people that disagree with them because they are worshiping that part of them. They're worshiping that sexual immorality. Then Colossians talks about impurity. I mean, this could list, that could mean anything, really. That could mean any sin whatsoever. Any sin that somebody does is impure. That could be uh, habitual lying. That could be laziness. That could be anything, really. Impurity. Then lust. Kind of the same as sexual immorality, but this goes into things like pornography or lustfully looking at somebody on the street or envying somebody else's spouse. Then it says evil desires. Once again, that could be anything. And greed. Greed is really at the heart of a lot. In fact, I just talked about in the New Testament how it says that the love of money is a root of all evil. That's like the root, the the start of evil desires is greed. The love of money. And all that stuff is idolatry. Now, of course, the love of money means loving money, rather trusting in money more than you trust in God to supply your needs. So all of these things are idolatry. Now, don't get me wrong. Christians can struggle with some of these things. For example, I have and do struggle with lust. I always have. And that's something that I am working on and working with, with my husband. And I'm thankful that I have the husband that I do that uh, helps me with all that. But my, my point is, is that I can struggle with lust, but not make it an idol in my heart, just as other people can. The fact of the matter is, you have to be willing to work on it, willing to give it to God, and be doing your best to turn away from that thing. We need to be putting those things to death daily, just as Jesus tells us, take up your cross and follow me. That's like putting your putting these things to death. That's what that means, literally. Taking up the cross, that's like a a torture instrument. That's putting yourself to death daily. Take up your cross daily and follow Jesus. So yes, Christians are going to struggle with these things. But the point is you have to make sure that you're not making them an idol in your heart. And making them an idol is basically saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, that stuff is actually good. Oh, it's good to be sexually immoral. It's good to be lustful. It's good to, you know, do these things. That is when it becomes idolatry. When you start worshiping that stuff above God, who says, no, no, this stuff is bad for you. This stuff is not good. This stuff is sinful. Put this stuff to death so that you can live a life that is healthy, so that you can live a life that is pleasing to God. And you might say, Jen, why do I wanna live a life that's pleasing to God? Why can't I just please myself? Well, it goes back to the, the basic understanding of Christianity, is that Jesus came down to earth to save us from our sins. So sins are not a good thing. They are detrimental and they lead us, honestly, to hell. So if you're living to please yourself and you don't want to honor God, if you don't want to believe in God, then unfortunately, when you die, you will not be going to heaven that is clear in scripture and people don't like to talk about that enough but your eternity matters god cares about your eternity god knows that your eternity matters and when god gives us these rules in scripture it's not because he's mean and because he doesn't care about us and he doesn't want us to have fun it's so that we can live happily in eternity forever with him in eternal comfort that's the point of all of this. So yes, we do need to be getting rid of these evil desires, these idols that we might be holding on to because we think they're fun or whatever and we think they're going to help us. But in the end, they're not going to help us. And in the end, they are not fun. This was kind of a hard topic for me to talk about today. I'll be honest, I, I also don't enjoy talking about hell because it's not a fun topic. (laughs) It's not, but it is in scripture. And so, yeah, we do need to be talking about this far more than we, far more than we do. And (laughs) what's interesting though is I think back in like the fifties and whenever else, and and certain denominations almost hit too hard on hell, but we overcorrected and now we never talk about hell whatsoever because unfortunately, uh, We don't want to offend people too much, but no, hell does exist. Hell is scriptural and Jesus talks about hell and we don't want to be going there. But friends and faithful listeners, if you think somebody could be helped With this message, if you think somebody uh, could use this podcast episode, then please share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Word of mouth is an awesome way to grow a podcast, and I am so thankful to all of you guys who have been sharing the podcast because uh, the podcast is hitting new numbers recently, and that is super exciting because more and more people are hearing the gospel, and some of these People that are listening, that are tuning in, are in countries where the gospel is illegal, where the Bible is completely illegal. And I encourage all of you guys to pray for those people who are risking their lives to listen to scripture. But I also encourage you guys to please pray that the podcast continues to get spread to more and more people because it is a biblical podcast. And unfortunately, there's not enough biblical podcasts out there. There are plenty of biblical podcasts quote-unquote biblical podcast, but they're not actually biblical, which is why I ask you guys to continue to pray for the spread of the Bible Explained podcast. But friends and faithful listeners, I do want to thank you all for tuning into this episode. And of course, if you have a prayer request yourself, then feel free to message me. You'll find my information in the bio of this podcast episode. You're also going to find a whole bunch of other links like the YouTube page, that I'm still growing, and the uh, the shop, if you guys want to get a P40 Ministries or the Bible Explained podcast t-shirt, you can get one of those there. Friends and faithful listeners, tomorrow we'll be talking about Jesus and the, the persecution that was beginning with him in the book of John. So tune in tomorrow. It's going to be a good episode. I'll see you then. Happy listening and God bless.